ではやるかの。わし、セクシーじゃろ。はい、はい。Welcome to another day, another adventure, a podcast dedicated to covering every Dragon Ball cartoon ever. And、uh, yeah, this is definitely not the second time we tried to record this episode. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who said that? No way. You know, we we've been just we've been just hanging on the hyperbolic chamber, and you know, we had a few audio issues in there. That place does not have good acoustic acoustics. <laughs> it's a, But... it's, cer- it's certainly very laggy. <laughs> There you go, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're here and we're bigger and more powerful than we were before. So watch out, villains. I mean, I mean, you know, I said that, but technically it is kind of true because because the chamber or whatever does move at a different time than the outside does. So technically, there's like there's lag going on all the time. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but, but yes, we're we're opening up this one, just spoiling all of the later Dragon Ball element,、uh, um, developments. But for now, don't, 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 don't. Who cares about spoilers on this podcast?、Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway,、um, for this episode,、uh, we are going to be covering episodes seven through nine of the original Dragon Ball anime from 1986. As we continue to make our way through that show. Um, real quickly, I do、uh, just want to say up front, I, I apologize that the last episode we recorded was、uh, very negative for the most part. But unfortunately, that that just kind of came with the material we had to cover. Hopefully, we won't have to. There is some stuff here that is still not great, but and that we are going to have to mention a little bit. But、uh, ho- hopefully, it, it won't be as much of a downer as last episode. So I just wanted to put that out there. And second of all,、uh, something else I want to be upfront with because、uh, we're probably going to make references to it all throughout this episode and probably moving forward is that、um, so I recently came across I don't know what you would want to call it、uh, you know I, I I recently came across a a collection of Dragon Ball、uh, basically the entirety of the Dragon Ball anime including、uh, what you would call the、uh, the broadcast audio versions of stuff. Basically,、uh, rips from the original Japanese DVDs with the broadcast audio because,、uh, it, basically, if you didn't know,、um, basically when you watch Dragon Ball on, like, say,、uh, on Funimation or on Hulu or wherever it's legally streaming,、um, you might notice that the audio is not super great. It's not very crisp. Let's just say it's most most of the time. I would say it's very very muffled, and that is because apparently Toei's like audio masters are. Really shitty, to be quite honest. Like <laughs> they, they, they really don't take care of their stuff sometimes. And、uh, I guess apparently there was one point where Japanese fans went out of their way to collect different recordings of,、uh, of the audio that you would hear on like when they would broadcast the show back in the day. And、um, I think we might have talked about this on our previous like manga Mavericks episode when we did that a little while ago about how、uh, there was there was a point in time when like fans would try to send. Uh, all the broadcast audio masters that like、uh, fans had collected over to Toei, and they just wouldn't use them, 
even though they're clearly better than, you know, what what's available on like streaming anyway. So there's that. Um, and so, you know, uh, but basically, if, if you if you hear any like audio clips throughout like uh, this episode of the podcast or basically throughout the podcast in general, that's kind of where I'm pulling them from, because I'm not going to like they just they sound amazing. Like I didn't know the original Dragon Ball series could like sound this good. And they look really good, too. Like, let's put that out there as well. Like, these are definitely, as much as we don't want to, like, advocate the cool crime of piracy, (laughs) 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 as much as I advocate that, so we're not going to, like, tell you where to get these, but um, they are super good. And it's both Colton and I have said we can't go back to watching streaming or DVDs. (laughs) Well, I, I I will say specifically, um, I mean, look, I end up watching these episodes like two times anyway. So like, I'll, I'll just kind of sit down once and like kind of watch the episodes just to kind of get my initial reactions out of the way. And then I and then I'll watch them again to like actually take notes now that I know like what's coming and try to be more attentive. So if anything, I'm I'm probably going to watch the series basically through both channels uh, just to just to be fair on my end. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I own the DVD, so I've done my I've done my duty. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I, I it'll be definitely a thing for me too, where it's like because obviously these are on a computer versus my comfortable DVD. I can sit and really lounge and watch. So, but for sure, like it these these if you can listen to these, they sound incredible. They do. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. And li- and like I said, I'm you know I think at this point I'm probably going to end up like uh, probably using more audio clips and stuff now now that I have access to these, which is pretty great. I've kind of figured out how to do that, and uh, you'll probably hear those in posts whenever we bring up some voice acting stuff. I don't know. It d- d- depends on how much more work I want to give myself editing the show. Well, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I guess we should get started with these episodes. Um, just just to kind of like give you the cliff notes version of what these episodes entail in case anybody doesn't remember uh these episodes basically involve our gang's trip to mount frypan and from there uh they're tasked with uh basically trying to find uh master roshi in order to uh basically enlist his help in like putting out the fire on mount frypan so the ox king and his daughter chichi can have a place to live finally um as well as the story where uh Goku and the gang uh, face off against the the boss rabbit and the rabbit gang, uh, which is always a fun episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess um, I'm trying to think about uh, what I want to talk about first. I guess um, I guess the first thing that stood out to me was that um, be- because in the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, when Oolong is kind of driving the car and they're they're making their way up to Frypan Mountain as they get closer, like. Uh, Oolong kind of fills in Bulma about uh, basically like the legend, I guess, of how Mount Frypan like was formed. Like, apparently Mount Frypan used to be known as Chili Mountain, quote unquote. And so it it basically lit on it. It became Mount Frypan after a, a, a fire spirit fell upon it and just like lit it on fire, I guess. Which is which is like a really interesting like little throwaway piece of lore that obviously is like never explored again. But like, I, I just I just find it interesting that like like as early as from this point in the series, Toriyama is already kind of like I guess c- kind of playing with the idea of like deities and gods and stuff. Because it, especially since when you know later on we're gonna really be dealing with all kinds of godly type figures, you know, later on in the Z portion of the series, especially. 
Yeah, and something that I just found interesting about this whole set of episodes is how much information is just publicly available. It's like when Oolong's talking about this stuff and other things later in the series, which I mean, I get that's part of Toriyama's sense of humor is that there's these weird things that are super mundane in this world. But yeah, he's talking about like, I I looked it up in a textbook at one point (laughs) and... I just find that really funny that it's just like, oh, these things about legendary gods, which isn't weird, but it's just the way that in this world it's referenced. Just like, oh, you can go to the library and read about how this guy, this god wrecked this mountain. I, I know it'll never happen, but honestly, with, with, with how many references to like, you know, what Oolong and Poir have learned in like transformation school, like maybe in like a history class or something, because I... I don't know if it was these episodes or like maybe beforehand, but I could have sworn there was a point where Oolong uh, is going on about the Ox King and everything. And he mentions how like the Ox King is like a figure in like history books and stuff that is mentioned. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, again, I know we probably won't ever see it because Toriyama is old at this point and really can't be bothered to do much. Bless him. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would love to see like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, um, you know, you know how for like Gravity Falls in particular, like you, you have like the journals filled with like all the weird lore type stuff about like all the creatures and stuff in in that location. Like I, I, I kind of want that for Dragon Ball. Like I want, I want like a Dragon Ball Gravity Falls journal about like all the all the like throwaway lore in Dragon Ball that like is literally mentioned and then never again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, it's not that weird to think about, because, like, all, like, many Jump series especially have, like, guidebooks. Like, so you would think that somebody would have said, oh, well, we could just, and that wouldn't necessarily even involve Toriyama so much. Like, somebody else could write it, and he can just kind of say, look over, like, yeah, that, that's right, that's cool. And then some of them, and then some of them are themed, like, Gintama's ones, one of them was themed after, like, it being a, a I guess, a school album. So... They they do. I mean, this isn't all of them, and I think the My Hero Academia one is themed the same way, obviously. But yeah, this isn't all of them. Most of them are just straightforward, like guides of oh, these are extra information about the characters or the world. But like, I I could definitely see that, and and I feel like there'd be a market for it. You, you know what? The more we're talking about this, the more I realize that like there are like tons of guidebooks for the Dragon Ball franchise. I guess so. I guess maybe if there would be any more information about this kind of stuff, maybe maybe it would be like in those books. So I don't I don't know. Maybe that actually already exists now that I think about it. But I, I guess for me, like it would it would be kind of cool just to see like a replication of like the kind of textbooks they have in in the in the Dragon World. That'd be interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that one. I mean, just to have that you know extra info. Not, and not, I mean, the other the other guidebooks would probably be framed around the characters in the series and how they interact with the world. But it would be nice to have like a guidebook that's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Dragon Ball. We're not worried about Goku and we're about where the world Goku inhabits. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess while we're on the subject of like gods and stuff, uh, and we're kind of we're kind of jumping ahead here, but um, Roshi in particular mentions when when they arrive on his island later on that like uh, he, he I think he mentions how like he received Kinto Un from God, and I wonder uh, maybe I'll have to double check this, but I wonder at like if at this point like uh, whether like Kami, you know the gr- green alien Namekian Kami as we will later meet. I wonder if when he says Kami, does he mean, like, Kami the character, or, like, Kami as in, like, our, our Christian god? 
Yeah, that 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 is an interesting thing to like just pontificate on, like especially with Toriyama's writing, because we at this point we I could wouldn't be surprised if we sat down with him. He's like, oh yeah, God, I hadn't really thought about him then. I, I meant the other guy that's always around. <laughs> so, or he or he'd probably just be like, who's who's Kami? Which <laughs> Kami? Show him a picture of him. He's like, I don't know who that is. I, I don't I don't think I've ever drawn this, sir. I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe you got me mixed up with that Oda kid. That looks like something <laughs> he do. <laughs> that doesn't look like something I draw. Too wrinkly. <laughs> but yeah, that is a good question. Like, where did he... And again, just the casual drop that, you know, Muton Roshi just hangs out with God. Like, whichever God, that's still pretty impressive that he just... God's just like, oh, bro, you want this cloud I got? Yeah, yeah, you can just take it. That's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, like, to be fair, he, he hangs out with talking alligators and baby Gamera, so I'm not really that surprised he hangs out with God. Fair. That is a fair, <laughs> it is fair, but it, it's still just the thing where I, like, Roshi's got connections, and, it, and it's really interesting to think of him just as this guy that knows a guy. <laughs> so... <laughs> but no, yeah, it, it's, it's just really interesting to think about how, again, even this early on, like, Toriyama is already kind of dealing with gods and stuff, but, um... Very small thing I wanted to put out that I thought was very funny was um, I really love in the beginning when, uh, again, they're on their way to Frypan Mountain, and uh, clearly Yamcha at this point is, like, tailing them or whatever, uh, so he can eventually steal the Dragon Balls from them. I really love how, like, he's supposed to be tailing them kind of incognito, you know, but, like, he's he's just standing on top of his car just following them, like, what what's the, what's to stop Oolong from looking in, like, his a rear view mirror or whatever like oh is that Yamcha behind us like I just I just feel like he's not doing a very good job of being stealthy I mean like it's a rule of cool obviously he's definitely a guy that lives and dies by that it is funny though that he's just like there and scheming and everything like that and he's not he's not even that far far from them it's not like you know he's he's got and i assume that he has he's the one that gave them the car if i remember correctly so yeah so like he you'd think he'd just have a tracking device and he would just kind of follow them from a really far distance but no he's in eyesight (laughs) 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 which that's that's what gets to me a bit like you you'd think he'd have a tracker and just you know, maybe every once in a while, sort of follow them into town. But I think he does have sonar in his car. I, th- I think we've seen. Oh, that. Okay, so that's that's even more weird. Then. <laughs> <laughs> he has no need to really even. Well, I mean, obviously, he'd want to be close enough so that like he's not completely lost and following them. But he literally doesn't have to be in eyesight. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. It's it's very extra. <laughs> I love it. Also, also, not to get too far forward, since we're on the subject of Yamcha, you know, he's still missing a tooth, which I love that continuity. Doesn't that lead to a very funny moment later? I mean, we might as well talk about that, because, <laughs> like, we, we, we do get introduced to Chi-Chi, which, first off, I love her introduction of, like, you just have this little girl running away from a dinosaur, and, like, she, she literally just, like, chops off his head and then just blast blast his remains like it's it's pretty it's pretty metal honestly <laughs> it's funny because she's like she's still treated like this little girl who's in distress and then she destroys this thing and she's in tears <laughs> and, and i just love that dichotomy of things going on there and of course the fact that um one thing that none of the dubs really i feel like later on i we did discuss this at one point that i feel like later on they start to but one thing that's not captured in the dubs early on at least is that chichi and um the ox king both have a dialect 
uh, which is for Chi-Chi is really cute. I mean, for both of them, it's really cute because it's kind of like this very backwoods, rustic type of like Japanese dialect. Yeah, same, kind of the same as Goku a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of the same as Goku. I mean, Goku's isn't as pronounced, but yeah, theirs is like very much, um, if you know even a little bit of Japanese, you'd probably be able to listen to them and be like, oh, that sounds a little different. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, uh, obviously as far as, like, all the dubs go, I, I don't I don't think it would be until, like, very later on, arguably until about Kai and onwards, where, like, you know, everybody at Funimation would really, like, pay attention to that quirk of theirs, especially Goku. If you, if you watch Super Dubbed, like, I think you can kind of tell that, like, they're uh, I, I think the way they, like, write for and voice Goku, like, like, like they, they make him sound, like, very casual, very, like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like, he, he, uh, he obviously does not speak very properly or whatever, which is a detail they also capture in, like, Battle of the Gods, where it's, like, uh, where he's, like, meeting up with Beerus or whatever, and he's like, hey, hiya, I'm Goku, and then King Kai has to be like, no, you have to, like, read him properly. That's my King Kai voice, by the way. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I, I, they should have casted you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I would definitely, I haven't watched Super yet, so I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that, but yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, Um, but... Uh, yeah, and he has to like uh, properly address Beerus. Like th- this, this is this is a thing that I, I I do think Funimation does a better job of paying attention to when it comes to like uh, the way they speak and like their character quirks and stuff. Whereas like yeah, early on in the dub they don't. I don't I don't think they really like do much with that at all. It's mo- most of the time it's not really carried over in most English adaptations of this series. I don't think. Yeah, and I, and I guess it's kind of a thing where it's not really pointed out at all, so they probably just felt like, eh, you don't really have to, you know, it, it's not like in some series where, where okay, I hate to bring Gintama back into the conversation, but it's a good example where, like, Kagura's accent is actually mocked and sometimes pointed out, which is still funny, because, like, even with the most recent Gintama dub, they didn't really do anything with it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, uh, you know, talking about Gintama now, this is a Gintama podcast now. Um, what is this, like your third? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's not get into that. Uh, I mean, for, for Gintama in particular, you're right. Kagura does have like the, like the Aru like, speech tick or whatever. I think they do a pretty good job of not addressing it as much. Very rarely do they ever like actually. I mean, very rarely is it ever like actually very pronounced. I guess, in a way where, like, you really just can't get around it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. Like, it, 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 it's the subject of a joke, like, a couple of times, but not enough that it's, like, n- impossible to write around, like you're saying. No, yeah, for sure. Um, But anyway, this is not a Gintama podcast anymore. We're going back to talking about Dragon <laughs> but Yes, Ball. yes, they they do have a very, I mean, for Chi-Chi, it's adorable, but, like, it's, it's, she's very informal with everybody. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pigeonhole all anime girls, like, they all speak the same or whatever. But she's very, very informal, like, when speaking to people a very, it's, I wouldn't say slangy, but like, it's very just rustic. She, even with, even as her, with the female, so as a female character in the series so far, which, so far we've only really had Bulma. But, um, yeah, she's very just informal and everything like that. And it's even funnier later when she kind of does go back to being a little more formal when she starts 
like crushing on characters, but I'm going a little, I'm getting way ahead. There's a thing that Colton probably wants to remark on. No, I, I mean, we were talking about Yamcha earlier and we're talking about this, which I guess is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. But sp- speaking of like his missing tooth, it, that does lead to probably one of the funniest bits in this batch of episodes where uh, basically because uh, I guess we kind of skipped over this too. Uh, y- Yamcha knocks out Chi Chi at first. You know, b- basically because he's afraid that, like, he's going to get blasted by her laser or whatever. Yeah, he witnesses the whole dinosaur incident. He's like, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling that. <laughs> and then eventually, like, when he realizes, like, hit her lineage to the Ox King, he's like, oh, fuck, I better go back and get her or whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, he has to, like, play it off like he's, like, in love with her or whatever to try to, 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 to try to play to Chi-Chi's, like, sensibilities or whatever, because she's very, like traditional and like has never dated anyone she's she's only read about dating in magazines or yeah whatever. It's, it's great because like poir even you know kind of lampshades it earlier they like huh you don't seem bothered by her at all when he knocks her out he's like huh you don't have a problem with knocking out girls like that do you and then the yamcha's like i'm not into little kids hey look yamcha not a pedophile i can get behind <laughs> it um but yeah, there is a great bit where, like, while he's kind of trying to, like, play up his cool guy act and, like, being all like, oh, yeah, I, I was actually just kind of flustered and in love with you. And I love how Chi-Chi's like, oh, really? Is that true? And he's just kind of looking behind him like, yeah, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he does the whole thing where he's like, oh, is this the face of a liar or whatever? And the camera just zooms in on his stupid face. It's so funny. I laugh every time. Yeah, he's got like the he's still got the missing tooth, and he does like this. this he tries to do a toothy grin, but with the missing tooth, it just looks hilarious. And I mean, Chi Chi. Look, as much as I love Yamcha, Chi Chi has every right to be like you know a little suspecting of Yamcha. You know, he 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 is he he is still a thief. True, that is very true. But yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't really even talk about them meeting with Ox King, which I mean, there's not, I don't know, there's not like a lot to talk about, but it it is very cute that like the Ox King, I think, you know, goes from this like very terrifying menace that like we've been kind of building up up until this point to this really uh, giddy kind of kid at heart at hearing about how like his master is still alive and him just kind of jumping around and ev- it's it's really cute yeah it's it. like and it just goes to show again going back to roshi being that guy that knows a guy because like they get fry pan mountain and you know the place is obviously on fire so goku at first try they uh bulma asks goku to like fly over with nimbus but he gets fry- he gets like he gets he he gets hit by flames and you know he he goes to water to kind of you know put himself out. Then the Ox King is obviously he while Goku's away. The Ox King finds Bulma and Oolong is like, okay, who the hell are you two? And you know at first they're they're of course terrified and then Goku comes back and tries to fight him. And this is another thing where it's like this is the first opponent that Goku's like not able to do anything to. Like Goku kicks him and he, he kicks him and like the Ox King scratches like, huh. Oh yeah, like n- nothing Goku does works on this guy. It's it's it, it again, like you said. It, it's Ox King is the first opponent Goku has fought where like literally nothing he does works at all. Which just it, which is funny when you think about the later series and everything like that. But yeah, like Goku can't do anything and he's just like at a loss. And then the Ox King sees the flying Nimbus or the Kintoon and he's like, wait a sec, I know that thing. And then he starts getting excited, and this is what Colton was talking about. He starts getting excited. Do you know the guy that had that? Do you know Mochi Roshi? And he's like, he's like, oh, my old master. He's so happy and everything. It's just, it is adorable. 
Like he goes from this big thug to being just like this kid. <laughs> this this giant, probably seven ton kid. <laughs> I mean, not not to blame the ox king too much, because like he knows that Matsu obviously he studied under Master Roshi, and he knows that probably Roshi can do something about his house being on fire. So I, I would be excited too. If somebody knew a guy that knew a guy that could take care of this. <laughs> Okay, so th- this probably doesn't have anything to do with anything. I don't want to, like, completely derail the conversation, but I'm just, I'm looking through my notes, and uh, for some reason, I have written down, Oolong is a piss baby, and I don't remember <laughs> what moment I wrote that down at, but I-, I just thought it was a funny bit I wrote down there. Oh, I mean, yeah, we did skip over that. Like, obviously, Oolong's terrified of the Ox King, so why would he go with them? Turns out, Boma, yes, Boma spiked his, um, spiked a drink of his with a laxative that anytime she goes, pee, 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 he just shits himself. No, no, I remember now, because we, in, in all of our, um, discomfort with episode six, we, we totally forgot to talk about the fact that in our last batch of episodes, uh, that Boma gave Oolong this, uh, specifically made candy with, like, laxatives in it and when she when she makes those particular noises that he just have he has super explosive diarrhea and it's always funny (laughs) yes Um, yes and i also want to point out again going back to those episodes a little bit how goku even tries it on him and like gets diarrhea again and he's just like laughing at oolong and i mean like look i don't feel sorry for oolong honestly after after what he's done uh but i do i do kind of like it's one of those moments where, like, you're not really meant to, like, think about it a lot, because it's supposed to be funny, and it is, but, like, it's a little maniacal on Goku's part. Like, he he's just, he really enjoys Oolong's pain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't even say it's so much out of character, because obviously Goku's, like, very naive and everything like that. And he's, this is a new interesting thing that he's got his hands on. Not necessarily got his hands on, but this is something new he's never experienced. So he's like, oh, this is kind of fun. But it's still just, it is just the way that it's framed and he's just laughing at Oolong's, like, misfortune that it is, it is, it is just weird to think about, but it is funny, so. Also, speaking of Goku being maniacal, um, I, I, there there was a small moment where they are kind of hanging around the base of, uh, Frypan Mountain, and you, and you see, like, a bunch of dead skeletons around, and you see Goku just kind of, like, playing with them, I'm just like, dude, why are you disrespecting the dead like that? (laughs) Like, he's literally, like, playing with the skulls and, like, holding it up against them and, like, doing, like, voices or whatever, responding to Bulma when she talks to him or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, come on. I, I know you I know you don't know any better, but, like, dude, like, this is not cool. <laughs> I, it, it, I guess it goes to show, too, that, I, I mean, I don't know if Goku's ever seen. Well, then again, he treats the death of his grandpa pretty casually. So. Yeah, I mean, to, I mean, to be fair, it, like, you know. I mean, I, I guess that's true, but also, like, I, again, I, this is, I mean, t- t- take take a shot, we're going to talk about Hunter Hunter again, <laughs> um, but I do think, because obviously later on, Goku will realize, like, oh, I was the monkey that killed my grandpa, or whatever, and, like, I feel like if, if this series were written by Togashi, we would, we would spend way more time on that. On, like, the, the emotional implications of the, of, of killing your own father, you know, but, like, and you know, I'm I'm not saying Toriyama's like a bad writer or anything for not like for not dwelling on that, but like I'm just saying like if this were written by somebody different entirely, th- that is something I feel like would get more focus. But Toriyama is not interested in that. Yeah, honestly speaking, 
I don't think that Goku's the kind of character that has the emotional and uh, fidelity to really think too deeply about that either. So I wouldn't even blame. Not really. really. No. I, I wouldn't even necessarily blame Toriyama. In fact, I'd even applaud him for that. Not well, not necessarily applaud, but I would say that it's a it's good in keeping in character what is established as Goku up until that point. Like mm-hmm. he's not the kind. Of, I don't see him being a kind of as he grows up and he starts making friends, which is why after you know definitely Krillin is when we get to him is definitely a huge influence. Same thing for Roshi, like him or leave him. But as you see at that point, it's not like Goku cries or over any of them or anything like that. But as he starts developing friends, because I mean up until now. He's not really had friends. And while Bulma, he's... That's true. Bulma's... He's traveling with Bulma, and I'm sure he cares about her to this extent, but she's still just this kind of figure that's like, oh, she's interesting to me. And, you know, I'm... I guess we're we're back at Hunter Hunter. (laughs) It it, 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 it is kind of like what Ilumi said to Kilua about Gon during the Hunter exam, which is just like, you know, he's just something that just rolled into your peripheral vision and then you'll get bored of it and toss it aside. I'm not saying that Goku would do that to Bulma, but right now that's the stage of like what they're in. They're travel mates. You know, she's just the way that he can go and find people to beat up and have adventures with. He's she's not really a friend per se. As the series builds on and he meets other characters who do make those kind of connections, then Goku starts realizing not maybe even realizing, but then it starts to become a thing with him where okay now he thinks of these people as friends yeah no i i get what you're saying um i mean to, to be fair at, at this point especially at this early point like goku is not really very uh he's not very emotionally mature yet yeah. i would argue that like maybe around the point when we get like to Namek, you can start to see changes in his character where like he is a little more aware of like death and like how he's very against like killing people whereas like you know, l- later on, like, not that he has, like, the intent to kill or whatever, but he's he's very willy-nilly about, like, going around and, like, you know, when he goes around fighting people, especially when we get to, like, Red Ribbon Army and we get to that uh, super amazing uh, raid on the Red Ribbon Army base. He's just punching and kicking oh, dudes yeah, left I and right. I don't, I, don't th- I don't think he really... In that moment, in particular, I don't think he really cares about who lives or dies. He's just fighting a bunch of yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I wouldn't even say necessarily that's a fault. I, at the same time, I also wouldn't say that Toriyama thought, like, hmm, I could have Goku mourned his grandpa's death and think about that. I'm not saying it's a fault, yeah, but yeah. It, it's it's definitely not something that Toriyama's interested in. And I, I understand that. Like, he he's writing the story he wants yeah, to. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't think he's yeah. thinking that deeply about it either, where it's a point where I have to keep Goku O.C., no, you know, I just think- <laughs> no. At this at this point, this is this is a this is a gag manga parody of Journey to the West. He's not thinking that deeply right it, now. Exactly. So, but yeah, um, going back to the discussion at hand. Uh, so the Ox King, you know, obviously, as we said, Yamcha and them are still following. Yamcha and Par are still following um Goku's group, and he overhears, you know, Goku's talking to Ox King and everything like that. And then Ox King's like, "Yo, you know." All right, yeah, can you get Roshi and help him, tell him to do something about my house, maybe? And, like, Goku's like, sure, I'll go do that. I was like, oh, hold on, I also got my kid, you know, she's out looking for Roshi, so if you can pick her up, too. And that's when Yamcha finds out about this, goes back. And I like that, even at that point where he's, you know, he says, I'm not suspicious, and he does the... The smile, like, Chi-Chi's like, no, nah, you're totally suspicious, bro. <laughs> and I like that. It's like we were saying, she, she and, knows. And then, like, Par has to hold him back. He's like, no, 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 Master Yamcha, we've been there before. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna beat up that kid on purpose. <laughs> Before it was self defense, but now I'm just gonna enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess this is the point where like Goku picks up Chi Chi and they're riding on uh, Kinto Moon, and uh, you know, I I really like a lot of their early interactions because you know, especially knowing like where they end up and whatever, it's it's really. I don't know, something about seeing, like, their humble beginnings or wherever, or whatever, when they're just, they're just two little kids, and they don't really, like, know, uh, they don't really, like, know any better, um, and and seeing them kind of, like, work off of each other for, for, uh, how little we do in these episodes is, is very cute, very wholesome. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but just as a blanket statement, these episodes aren't super, like... I won't say so much you could skip them and not miss anything, no, but they're also not super, oh my god, we, you know, this was definitely necessary for me to see, to see the whole story, but at the same time, there's a lot of building blocks of future stuff that happens in these. I was gonna say, I would argue that episodes 7 and 8 are more important than, like, episode 9 in particular. That's fair, that's fair. I, I would agree with you there. I mean, if only just because, at the very least, just for the fact that Goku and Chi Chi do meet, it does kind of give at least, even if Toriyama only eventually just thought, oh right, Goku met a girl. I, I guess I could bring her back, which is totally what happened. <laughs> but it's still, it's still, it, it's still a thing where it's like, he still had the foresight to bring this character, to make this character and add her, so, which is nice. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, yeah, with, with episode seven and nine, uh, seven and nine. With episode seven and eight in particular, um, at, at least they're introducing characters that we would see later on. Uh, and I mean, I guess we can kind of get to it a little bit, but like, I think these two episodes in particular are a good showcase for just more of Master Roshi, who, again, like we mentioned in a previous episode, is 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 definitely the definition of a problematic fave, especially with these episodes where I appreciate his role in these episodes. But when we specifically get to the whole like, you know, they're asking him for help. And Roshi, you know, says he'll only do it if he gets to, like, grope Bulma or whatever. That's that's not super cool. I'm not really into that, personally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I... And I'm not... I, I really don't want to sound like, oh, well... Like, I, I don't I don't want to be the guy who who's like, oh, well, this is, this is less bad than the other thing. But I... Because... You know, all the questionable stuff that, unfortunately, we have to deal with with this first arc in particular is all bad. Like, I don't want anybody to, like, misconstrued. But I will say for for these episodes in particular, when it came to the whole, like, uh, when it came to Roshi kind of uh, kind of taking advantage of Bulma and not in a not cool way, um, it, the, the thing that makes me feel better specifically about this uh, and, and the thing that, like, uh, I guess... I mean, I guess I said it, yeah. The, the the thing that makes me feel better about this specifically is the fact that, like, unfortunately, unlike episode six, uh, you know, Bulma in this case is able to, like, get out of it and defend herself, whereas last time she was defenseless and that. That's legitimately, like, really scary. At least, at least here she's able to use Oolong as a scapegoat. And honestly, uh, this this might be... This, this, this is a weird thing to say because... Because if uh, the, the I don't know what you would want to call it, like the politics, I don't know, the the the, the whole the, like the stuff here is kind of weird because like Oolong is being taken advantage of, but also at the same time, like 
it 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 feels like that at first, but also like it kind of seems like he enjoys it at one point. And I'm I don't know. The, all that stuff is really weird, and I don't want to really make any like real blanket statements or anything. But like at the same time, after watching episode six, I really I really don't feel sorry for this person at all. Oh yeah, no, I don't feel sorry for Oolong either, but I mean, I guess what makes it better for, not better, but what I'm a little bit less bothered by is the fact that it's kind of this circle of everybody being awful to each other. <laughs> so, That's so, true, like, yeah. I mean, we're skipping a little, we're skipping really far ahead here, but like, um, essentially, Goku goes and gets Roshi, and, you know, he agrees to this whole, to that whole exchange without Bulma's consent, which, number one, you know, at least she's not, like, when he gets back and tells her, he's, she's not like, oh, well, okay, sure, whatever, I don't care. But no, she's upset. But she's like, at this point, I have to go with it, because we need this Dragon Ball that's in Mount Frypan. So she asks Oolong to become her, and, I mean, part of what, again, the circle of awful is, like, he starts off being, like, you know, this short, fat version of her, and then when he becomes, does it right, and it looks like her, he's like, oh my god, there's a movie star here. I had no idea. I'm like... Wow, you know <laughs> her vainness. <laughs> like I'm not gonna say it makes it okay, but it, it's just like it, she's just this kind of like not uh, anyway. Um, she she she's she's a bit of a narcissist. Like she like she 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 believes in her sex appeal. Like she she like in a way she knows she's hot and she she uses it. And I I respect that part about her, even if again it it goes back to the thing where it's like. You know, she she knows what she has. She she uses it to her advantage, but also at the same time, it's uh, she's also exploited a lot. Like again, it's like I've said before, Toriyama is trying to have his cake and eat it too, and I don't yeah, think it always. Yeah, works. I mean, it, and yeah, essentially with the whole thing that happens there is like obviously, you know, Oolong goes and does, but I mean, the original thing was just Roshi just wanted. Again, I hate putting it this way, but Roshi just wanted a quick feel, and he was going to be fine with that, but Oolong ups the ante. <laughs> He's like, no, just motorboat me, dude. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Like, And so, again, it's the circle of awful, because it's like, he knows that she he, she's taking advantage of him, and he figures, well, if she's going to fuck with me, then I'm going to fuck right back with her. <laughs> and there you go. I mean, that, so that doesn't make it better, but at least it's kind of like everybody in this situation was being kind of awful, so. <laughs> D- depending on your sensibilities, it's, it's a, it's like maybe 5% more palatable, but like, like I said, we're not, we're, we're, we're not here to like, you know, try to judge which bad thing is less bad than the other. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I, but I, I will give the dynamic a little credit Again, as bad as I think episode six is in particular, I like the idea of Bulma and Oolong's kind of dynamic where they're just like, they're just constantly like really quippy and sarcastic with each other. Like, I do like the idea of that dynamic, at least. I don't know if it's always executed very well or tastefully, but like, it's at least a good idea for a good dynamic, I think. Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, they're barely ter- tolerating each other is understandable. And I mean, it does get, it is a little bit funny because like... It, it can it can be funny. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, there's one thing that, ooh, yeah, we skipped right over it. But there's one thing that I do want to point out. It's like, obviously, when Goku picks up Chi-Chi and they're on their way to Roshi, 
I run into a certain dolphin, and I remember you have some facts about that dolphin. Uh, okay, so the, it, admittedly, I'm not going to have as much fun with this because on our first recording, it was supposed to be a genuine surprise, but now you know it's coming, so it's not really as fun. Um, <laughs> but I'm, but you know what? Our, our listeners may learn something after we go through a little voice actor trivia. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I didn't mean to sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Um, so so w- w- I think one of my favorite little bits about episode seven in particular was when when they're on their way to Master Roshi's island. You know, uh, G- Goku decides to ask a dolphin for directions, and of course the dolphin talks because this is this is the Dragon World. You know, like that that kind of stuff just happens. I mean, look, Roshi Roshi has a a, 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 a not a pet alligator. I guess a roommate alligator. He has an alligator friend, and he talks like animals talk in this universe. But but also like uh, I hate to go on this thing. But so it's weird, right? Like we have real animals, and then we have like anthropomorphic animals, and they both talk. Like I don't know where the line is there. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's it's a gag comedy or whatever. But anyway, so uh, the dolphin in particular, I at first thought was voiced by Shigeru Chiba, who at this point voices Piloth. Um, again, great voice actor, love his stuff. But that is not the case. Um, so the dolphin in particular is voiced by Masaharu Sato, who, when I looked him up, apparently around this point had a lot of small roles within the first Dragon Ball series, and we have heard him before. Like, before this, he has voiced the bear thief in episode three with the the bear with the mohawk that Goku beats with his rock, paper, scissors attack, uh, as well as the alligator from episode three. Wow. Which is pretty great. Oh, and uh, and the saber-toothed tiger from episode one. So he's, he's almost like, I don't know, maybe he's not actually, but I, I like to think of him now as like Japanese Frank Welker. <laughs> they just they just have him come in to like voice all these animal parts or whatever. It's pretty great. Um, oh, yeah. And he also voices a rabbit gang member. They don't say which one, but he voices yeah. one of them uh, coming up. Um, but but the interesting thing about this is that uh, as far as like his other Dragon Ball credits go, obviously he all throughout the franchise, he's had a lot of bit parts. but. Basically, around when uh, Dragon Ball Kai started airing, he became the third, third voice of Master Roshi. Uh, Master Roshi has been through three voice actors now, which is really, really kind of depressing to think about. But it's it's an old show. Like we we're, we're going to have to talk about a lot of different like voice actor deaths when we get to them, probably. But uh, so th- this is not. This is not the last one we'll talk about. But yeah, he looks like he was the third voice of Master Roshi, whereas uh, right now, as we're covering the show, he's voiced by Kohei Miyauchi. He was the original Master Roshi. And then I guess from episode 288 of Dragon Ball Z onward, he was voiced by Hiroshi Masuoka. So it's kind of interesting, and uh, we, we might have talked about this when we uh, previously recorded this episode, but it, it is interesting that, like, I guess Masuoka... Um, I mean, I guess at the time he was alive, like, unfortunately, he passed away over a year ago at this point. But around the time when Kai and Super were running, you know, I'm I'm assuming he was still alive. So I'm I guess I'm just kind of I'm kind of surprised that like, I mean, he might have been retired or something. But like, I'm kind of surprised that like, 
I'm assuming maybe he called, they called him first, like, hey, you know, we're doing more Dragon Ball. You should come back and voice this character or whatever. And then they just ended up getting uh, Sato, I guess, to replace him for the role. So I'm not, I, I would like to know, like, how all that stuff worked there in particular. Yeah, yeah, we did read into this a little bit during the last recording. Um, And yeah, it is weird that while Super was going on, that his second voice actor just sat out. But there might have, I mean, not just at that role, but several other roles that he was in at the time. So, yeah, it might have just been him just kind of clocking out slowly or something. But there's nothing like official written anywhere, even on Japanese Wikipedia. There's nothing there saying, oh, he stepped down at this point. He was feeling ill or whatever. It, it, it just, he just stopped. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So th- that, that's my big voice actor trivia. That, that dolphin you heard in episode seven eventually becomes Master Roshi. Which is uh, pretty pretty funny to think about. Um, but I guess finally getting to the island, um, you know, the, the one thing I really wanted to mention that I thought was very funny, I think is uh, always one of my favorite gags, is um, is when uh, Chi-Chi first meets Master Roshi, and he's doing this whole thing where he's like, because there's a lot of wordplay going on here where, like, Chi-Chi is supposed to be, like uh, like, means father or whatever in Japanese, but also is, like... Uh, also means like breasts or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of wordplay where you know Master Roshi's Master Roshi's just kind of like, uh, like is like lost in thought, just being like, oh well, Chichi's her name, but you know <laughs> she has a Chichi and she also has Chichi, so it's Chichi's 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 or whatever. And I, I love how he, I love how he just kind of gets lost in that wordplay and he just kind of stops paying attention to everything around him long enough for Chichi to be like. I'm going to test this guy out and throw my, like, uh, head blade at him. And it's supposed to be one of those things where it's like, oh, the venerable master, you know, is supposed to be so, supposed to be good enough to, like, dodge your attacks, but it, but it hits him. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. I always love that joke. Yeah, that it, you know, it's the whole thing where normally that's how you would prove that that's the master or whatever. And I, again, just going with how the mundane is used in Dragon Ball... Like, you would think after that, he'd, like, show his power or do something cool to prove that he's Roshi. No, he just pulls out his driver's license. See? That's me. That's my name. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to talk about what you uh, pointed out to me on Discord uh, when we when we originally uh, recorded this? So, right, yeah, on his driver's license, um, his name is literally Muten Roshi. It, it, it's not, like, that's his alias or something. Yeah, his name is Master and Roshi. <laughs> that's number one. And then number two, where it's written, where his birthday should be written, it's just called, it's always my birthday. It, that's what's written there. Yeah, even I could read it, what was on his driver's license. Like, it literally just says, Itsumo Itsumo Tanjobi. <laughs> Which is, um... <laughs> Which is which is really good, and that that's see that that's the kind of thing that like I'm glad we're I'm glad I'm like watching these episodes again because like I never noticed that until you like showed it to me. Until we had these versions, which makes me wonder. At some point, I'll probably look at the DVDs to make sure. But like I never, as many times as I've watched DVDs, I've never seen this until now. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was a great find. That, that that's a great like little Easter egg that made me laugh. Um, and so yeah, we finally get to the point where like they're. Oh jeez, sorry. Let me catch up. We skipped a whole lot. Like, yeah, we we did describe that. Like, um, Roshi has the means of putting out this fire, but we didn't say how. He has a fan. He has something called the Basho fan, and that's like the whole reason they go to the island. But the joke is obviously is that he used it as like a like a pot holder or something, and he got a wonton soup on it and stained it and just threw it away. Um, 
again, uh, not not as not as good as like the the food poisoning like Phoenix joke, but it's still pretty funny. Um, and th- that's basically how we get him to like go to the island himself and ta- and put out the fire. Um, and he he summons a baby Gamera, which is amazing. Like it, it is also funny now now that I've actually like watched a few Gamera movies. Like it's even funnier. Right, right, yes, yeah, so that I I did find that amazing. Um, but yeah, eventually they get back to, you know, Frypan Mountain and, uh, you know, we, we, we get the bit where he gets buff and maxes out his full power and we get to see the first Kamehameha, which is always great. I think this was the bit here for that episode that they like really, really took great care in as far as like um, animation and direction or whatever, which um, I don't want to go on too much about it because there's not like a lot to say, but I think... So uh, just kind of keeping track of the animation for these episodes, not not a lot of standout moments. Like, again, it's been it's been very economical still. And there there are times where, like, y- you could tell they're kind of like cheating a little bit out of animating certain things. But like, you know, I, I shouldn't say cheats, but like shortcuts, you know, still like, you know, the, the, the actual production or whatever still like hasn't it hasn't like tanked yet or anything. Yeah, no, it, it definitely talked about in the previous recording, which is that, like, when he gets on the baby camera, like, in the manga, you could tell that he spins. It's, when he gets on it, it's not like it flies straight and he just hangs on to it. No, it spins. So, like, in the manga, you could tell that he's spinning along with it, but in the anime, they just... Yeah, like, they, they literally add, like, a bunch of, like, speed lines and smears, like, drawn all around him while, like, the, like, while, while the actual, like, Roshi character is still kind of in place, and that's kind of how they, like, get away with that, which I think that, I think that's an okay shortcut, like, I'm not really, like, upset about it, but it's, but it, but it is stuff that, like, is noticeable, I think, when you're really, like, paying attention. Yeah, I mean, it's such a small thing that it's like, eh, to get mad about this is like, would be a waste of time, but it, it is but there. But yeah, like, like I said, like, the, these episodes, I, I would still think, even if the animation is very limited, I'd still think these look good. Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Ball definitely is a series that, like, uh, holds. The one thing I wanted to point out that actually we didn't bring up during the last recording is the fact that, um, of all, you know, obviously, is this big guy, and then Roshi comes... I didn't realize that this was, like, the episode where he turned a new leaf. Because it's outright explicitly stated that he killed a bunch of people to protect his treasure. <laughs> I, did, I did, we didn't comment on this last time, and that's, it's such a, it's a little thing. But, like, up until, I, I guess I just am so used to the Z portrayal of, um, Ox King as this kind of, like, bumbling dad figure. <laughs> like, that. Yeah, you forget, you forget this guy has murdered people. <laughs> Like, like a lot of stuff in the series, it's kind of just tossed away. Like, you know, they bring Roshi to Mount Frypan, and he's like, oh, can you put it out? And then Roshi just turns to Oxing like, you've been killing people! Like, how could you? <laughs> and, like, and then the Oxing is like, yeah, yeah, I was having a bad day. I'm sorry, Master. I'm not going to do it anymore. Please, just put out the fire. I'll even... I mean, you could, you could make the argument that, like, it's in self-defense because they do say that all the people he's killed were, like, specifically going after, like, his treasure. But at the same time, who's to say that he did or didn't kill people, you know, stealing all that treasure? What I just find kind of funny, too, is that Rushi knows this and that's his, like, student. You'd think he'd come out and stop him from killing people. Because, <laughs> like, it's not like the Oxing brings up, yeah, I killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of it. No, Rushi knows this. 
<laughs> that's a student, so you would think he'd be like, at least for my reputation, maybe it's not very sterling, but, you know, being a perverted old man versus having a student that's out there murdering people, <laughs> maybe I should step in and do something. But, again, that's the dragon world for you. <laughs> <laughs> in the dragon world, murder's okay. <laughs> Everybody's just kind of fine with it. Like, m- murder is just another Tuesday for them. Exactly. Like, I mean, I joke, but I, I could genuinely just see the Oxygen just being like, I'm having a bad week. And then some guy just, like, is creeping over his fence, getting his treasure, like, oh, no, oh, fuck, no, that's it. He just slices <laughs> him in half with his axe. Oh, man. I want to see Ox King and how he fares in, like, something like Fist of the North Star. I bet he would do great. <laughs> I, I almost want to say that just the way he's designed and dressed, Chi-Chi, too, with, like, the head gear and everything like that, that... Maybe, I, I won't say that Toriyama's, like, parrying it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of was like, oh, okay, I can nowadays, so. <laughs> they, they they look like they would really thrive in a Mad Max world, honestly, I could see that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Now, oh god, now I, now I, now I just, now I just, I just want a Mad Max movie starring the both of them, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so obviously, like, the, the big moment with, Roshi using the Kamehameha to, like, put out the fire and accidentally destroying the castle. It's, it's pretty funny. And then we, we already talked about, like, the other stuff that happens afterwards. Um, but the important thing is, like, they get their Dragon Ball, and there's even a bit where, like, you know, uh, I think we talked about this in our last recording, too, where it's like, oh, well, uh, Goku wants to learn the Kamehameha, and Roshi's like, oh, well, that's gonna take, like, 50 years, and Goku's like, aw, and then he just... And then he just does it. He b- blasts the blast a wheel on their car or whatever. And I, I, I thought I thought that scene was pretty good because it's like that really shows you like, oh, G- Goku is very like uh, he can adapt like he, he's a fast learner. Yeah, it, it kind of shows what will later on. Like, so it's not just that it's kind of an ass pool. It still is an ass pool, but it's less of one because if you watch Dragon Ball, that later on Goku's able to learn all these advanced techniques, like, so quickly. I mean, it's still an ass pool, but at least here it's like it's got a foundation that, yeah, he picked up this technique super fast. But what that leads into is something that, again, kind of sets up the uh, more things later on in the series is that, you know, that's when the Ox King kind of Gohan's kid, like his grandson. And then, you know, uh, Master Roshi's like, really? So, and he goes to talk to Goku, and like, yeah, you know, then he starts saying, oh, this kid's got potential if Gohan saw something in him. And it, this is one of the things that I, I mean, I won't say I like about Roshi, but it's interesting, interesting characterization that, you know, he talks to Goku, like, oh, you know, oh, I didn't know you were Gohan's grandkid. How's he doing? And then, you know, Goku, again, casually kind of says, oh, he died. And, like, it's the first time that Roshi's, like, genuinely sort of, like, sad about something. Normally, he's, like, this jovial old man that's just, like... You know, hey, uh, he, he he's living life to the fullest, but yeah, for a second there, he's like, oh, and I and I love the line that he's just kind of like the the world loss of great man, which which builds up this lore of what Gohan is. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was I gonna say? I mean, I I guess that kind of like brings that episode in particular uh, to an. Oh, I forgot to mention uh, during that big scene, I. Uh, I think we brought this up last time, too, but I really like the moment where, like, Roshi, like, takes off his shirt, and he's, like, he's a skinny old man, like, flabby, you can see his ribs, like, compresses all over his back or whatever, and, you know, he looks over to Bulma, and he's like, I'm pretty sexy, aren't I? And Bulma's just like, yeah, yeah, sure you are. Like, it's, 
it, it goes back to the thing we were talking about on a previous episode where like the the kind of manzai humor in Dragon Ball, like what little there is when when they do the whole like Sukomi Boke kind of thing where like you know someone someone says a stupid thing and they like react to it like it's very understated here and i honestly like i think it's funnier than the usual kind of manzai thing oh yeah 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 we did speak about that a little bit it, it's kind of a hallmark more of like rumiko takahashi than akira toriyama but yeah it's just less the audacity the character what's funny is that the characters take this audacity and just kind of like wave it away rather than reacting to it which yeah. I wish there were more of like I know that Monsai is just a staple of Japanese uh Japanese humor, which is a lot of the times it's great. Let, let me not make it sound like it's a bad thing. But like, yeah, it is often I at least I too at least find it funnier when it's like understated and the characters don't overreact and just kind of like, okay, sure, whatever you say. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. I think depending on how it's done, if it's done right, I think it can be good. But I, I also have run into a lot of people who like don't really care for that style of humor. Oh yeah, um, especially shows that like really, really rely on it. Like maybe something like Gintama or like I don't know off the top of my head, like maybe Bobobo or something. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, because it is definitely like you don't get much of it on like Western TV. A lot of the Western, a lot of Western humor is that kind of understated snark where somebody will say something, but that's what she said. <laughs> and that, that's the kind of thing that we have. We don't really have Monzai where somebody's like screaming at the other person like, that makes no sense. That's not what she said at all. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, it's definitely not as common anyway, yeah, I don't yeah. think. Um, but I, I guess, uh, I know we're kind of running maybe a little long here, but, uh, you know, we're going to talk about. Uh, we still have to talk about episode nine. And I mean, like, I don't know if there's like a lot I want to say about this episode. Like, I think this is one of the few stories within this arc where like, I've always thought it was like, just fine. But like, you know, it's it's I, I feel like it's like one of the least memorable stories in in this first arc for me personally. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. It, it's very much a one and I mean, even the episodes one and done. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's not a thing where. I won't supposed to stick with you because obviously, I mean, if hey, if you loved it and you think about it all the time, that definitely don't make me don't definitely don't make uh, take what I'm saying to be like, oh, well, I'm making this episode. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not a oh, bad yeah, episode by, for sure. By by no means is it a bad episode, but it's just like it's one and done. It's a pretty straightforward story. I mean, it is kind of one that is just kind of like you could kind of just turn your mind off and watch it. But yeah, it's about the rabbit gang and how, you know, Goku and the, uh, and the others end up in this town. And, um, of course, the fact that I, I, one thing I love is that, okay, so the rabbit gang is, has taken over the city. And, um, the biggest part of this episode is like up until now, as we, we've mentioned in the previous podcast, Bulma's wearing like a Playboy bunny suit. So what's funny to me is like everybody just kind of takes it on face value that she's part of this gang just because she's wearing that. So, and of course, Boma being vain, she just thinks everybody thinks that she's hot. And that's why they're staying, they're giving her free service and staying out of her way and everything like that until she gets there, changes the outfit. And then, you know, but one of the great parts is then the rabbit, they, you know, the rabbit gang shows up and obviously they, they have two hands like, yo, baby, come hang out with us. And of course, Boma tells them no. And then they call their boss. And one thing that's great that we both talked about last time is that um, Goku's just eating his sandwich. 
I, I love this bit. So yeah, like we, we, we get we get to the point where like you know uh, they're at the gas station filling up. Uh, obviously, they're harassed by two members of the Rabbit Gang. And, you know, they're, like, threatening them or whatever. And there's just, like, this small bit where Goku is, like, finishing up his sandwich. I think he kind of licks his fingers a little bit. Uh, And then, like, he he immediately, like, just gives this, like, really huge, like, shit-eating grin. Like, oh, my (laughs) God, I get to fight somebody, finally. Like, he's... He's fucking ready. Yeah, it's like he's like, yeah, we can't. I came to the city to kick ass and eat sandwiches, and I just finished my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just great. And then, of course, too, like when the rabbit ball shows up, he's got the power to turn people who touch him into carrots. And it's great because Oolong sees this and he just races off in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and like i mean i'm jumping forward a bit but i just love that at the end he comes back and it's like Bulma's kind of chewing him out and he's, he's like i'm sorry i mean i came back right because you ran out of money bitch <laughs> 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 and i just like that <laughs> that line is there i like that that line exists because you know they could have easily rolled it he just like left it there like i came back though but I just love that she she just points it out that no, you wouldn't have come back if you had money. If you had taken our wallets with us, then you would be in memory. <laughs> I, I mean, that's in line with this character. And I, I look as much as I don't like Oolong for the most part. I at least I, I can at least appreciate his consistency. You know, <laughs> like of, like of course he would come back because he doesn't have any money because he's that much of a fucking idiot. You know. <laughs> Like he he doesn't he doesn't like think that far ahead. Like he he was in fight or flight mode. Like I'm getting away from this rabbit. It's just it's it's great. But yeah, outside of that, there's really not as as you said. There's not a whole lot going on in these episodes. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I guess a few things. I a few little things I want to point out. Uh, and we might have talked about this on our last recording too. I know we keep mentioning it a lot, but. I think we I mentioned how uh the, the the music placement for one particular scene kind of bothered me a little bit just because like if it, it felt like a weird choice uh cuz we we get to the point where like Goku beats up the two random members and then they call in their boss and then that's when like the townspeople start like running around and like uh trying to get into hiding and going into their homes or whatever and you have and you have this like weird like kind of Almost like I don't know what you would call it, like, uh, and this is not this is not the same kind of music at all. But like, it feels like something you would play like during an episode of SpongeBob, where like the like the town's running around, it's all chaos or whatever. But it's like here you could tell it's uh like I, I think the scene is supposed to be like a little more menacing or whatever. But I feel like because of the music choice they make here for that particular scene, it feels more comedic and lighthearted and i'm not sure if like that's what they were going for it just it just felt weird Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember us having a discussion, and yeah, it's, what's interesting is, like, Toei is one of the few companies that does, like, credit the person who chooses the music tracks for an episode, so, which is interesting, so we actually have a person that we can point out, I mean, unfortunately I can't We have really... a person we can blame! <laughs> 
I mean, unfortunately, I can't read their first name just looking through the credits. But yeah, um, that's interesting too. But yeah, I I I do know what part you're talking about, and and it's it, it is a bit jarring because so far the music's been on point. Like, oh yeah, I I can't think of any time where it was just like, oh, that just really didn't work at all. Yeah, I just I just thought that was kind of weird. That was the that was the only time it kind of took me out out of the moment a little bit, and then um, uh, I mean in general, I I do. I do kind of like Yamcha's in, involvement in in this episode because obviously, you know, it's like, you know, the same thing we were talking about with Oolong where it's like, oh, we only came back out of like convenience or whatever. But like Yamcha kind of does the same thing where it's like, obviously, Goku's getting beaten up and things are looking dire. And Yamcha's just like, oh, man, if I don't help these guys, I'm never going to find the Dragon Balls. Like, he doesn't give a shit about these people. <laughs> it's true. I, th- I think that's one thing I do kind of appreciate looking back on, like, early Dragon Ball is that, like, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, it, it, every everybody is terrible. Like, even, <laughs> even, like, I would even say even Goku, who, like, generally, like... You know, is is supposed to be like more innocent and and like clearly doesn't know any better. But even he like has his like mischievous side and like even though it's not out of malice, still again does things like make Oolong have super explosive diarrhea. Yeah, like I mean, it it, it takes. I I know it's a past episode. And I won't spend too long on it, but yeah, it's like it doesn't occur to him to like save Bulma or anything until she like outright says, "I'm going to die." <laughs> so like <laughs> it, it is just everybody at this point is like it's very morally gray. And I mean, I'm going to bring up Hunter Hunter again, but this time <laughs> I have I, I swear I have a good reason for it because we got more face we got more VA trivia. But okay. it does kind of color, like, it, it does kind of remind me of Hunter Hunter's world, where, like, yeah, you do have the hunters where, who are all very morally gray. Like, I mean, I, I remember it during the Hunter exam, it, it's like, Illumi's like, okay, I got my, you know, if I kill everybody, I have my, the Hunter license now, and if I kill everybody here but gone, or but kill or whatever, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it was everybody but gone, then you're not going to take it from me, right? And, like, Netro's like, yeah, no, you're you're good. You got it fair and square, so if you kill me, then, you know. But maybe maybe <laughs> we, we should just start a Hunter Hunter really? podcast. I, I kind of wonder why there – if there isn't one already, there should be. <laughs> I, I have I have seen a few. I don't think they're, like, active anymore for for probably for obvious reasons. Uh, but, yeah, no, we should just do a Hunter Hunter podcast. No, we shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but, yes, the other thing I wanted to say <laughs> was, like, uh, the boss rabbit – uh, was actually voiced by Kilo's granddad in Hunter Hunter 2011, and ah, okay. one of his uh, henchmen, it doesn't say which is which, it was voiced by the narrator of Hunter Hunter 2011, Issei Futamata and Hiroshi Otake, uh, respectively. So mm. we've, it's with the it's just interesting to see these guys have been voicing characters like they're still at it <laughs> as that, recently that's, as that's that. Interesting, yeah, yeah, like it's just interesting to, to note that. But yeah, yeah. I was going to mention one more moment that I, I really liked in the episode where uh, obviously we get the whole thing where like they're chasing each other around and uh, Yamcha has Poir like turn into a bird, steal the carrot. Rabbit boss eventually gets the carrot back and he's like, oh, you know, I got the carrot back. And then the Poir, you know, transforms into the rabbit boss and like c- kind of like creeps up to him and is about to touch him because for all he knows, like Poir could have the same powers when he's transformed, you know, into the person they are. And I just, I, I, I love the way Poir's actor, like, uh, voices the scene in particular. 
Like, uh, literally, he's just like, oh, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you. <laughs> that line reading made me laugh a lot. I just thought it was pretty funny. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we're not going to like go over it a lot. But, you know, the, the, the episode does end with Goku just, you know, having them defeated. He ties them up. Uh, and he just, he uses Nyoibo to, like, extend himself into space and into the mood. And yeah, you know, obviously it's a play on the, uh, Japanese culture, the Japanese fairy tale of, like, Kaguya and the rabbits, you know, pounding mochi on the moon. I mean, I know those are two separate things, but yeah, it's obviously a play on that, which is interesting in and of itself. But something that we brought up was, like, just off mic was, was like, what happens when, like, they destroy the moon, when, uh, Jackie Chun destroys the moon later? What happens to those guys? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we're not like the first people to bring this up, right. but like it, it is it is still like funny to think about. <laughs> like that 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 rabbit is just dead, <laughs> like for sure. Uh, you talked about the reading of Flores Live, but the way you just said that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Um. Uh, last thing I will bring up that doesn't really have anything to do with these episodes, but like I just want to acknowledge, uh, I guess the first version of this podcast. If for, for those who don't know, this is this podcast is kind of a reboot of an old podcast I used to do called Another Day Another Adventure, uh, Dragon Ball Manga in Review. I think it was where uh, my friends and I would get together and sit down and. Uh, talk about one chapter of Dragon Ball per episode. It was a bad idea, quite honestly. Um, especially since, uh, later on, we couldn't really commit to it because we all, like, got busy with, I, I think we had, like, literally just gotten our first jobs around then. Like, we were just out of high school or whatever when we were, uh, doing that. Um, that was almost 10 years ago at this point. <laughs> um, withering the dust. Uh, but we, I remember, no, nobody looked this up because it's probably bad, but when, when we, when we covered this chapter on the podcast, uh, we actually went out of our way to like reenact the story that this is based off of. Um, like we we got a friend of ours to come in and like read lines for us. We did like a live reading of like the story, like basically like an outline of the story with dialogue that I just found online. And like, look again, I'm I'm not I'm saying this now, but maybe maybe people are gonna like try and look it up. But please don't. It, I promise it's really bad. Because, like, I'm just starting out podcasting back then. Um, it's probably edited very terribly. I There's probably really uh, badly, like, uh, leveled, b- badly sounding, like, sound effects I put in there. It's, I, like, I remember putting in so much work into that. And it's just, like, if I look back, on, if I, like, listen to it again, I'd be like, wow, this is all really terrible. I've come so far. Good. You need that confidence boost, King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Um, but no, I I just, I like, I'm not, I'm not going to like acknowledge the, that, I guess that first version of the show too much, but I I would be remiss if I didn't at least like mention that sometimes we did stuff like that. I think that, I think that was my, like, like my most involved editing of an episode of that first podcast I ever did. I don't think we really did anything like that for the rest of them. It's, it's a fun memory, you know? 
but uh yeah i mean uh, i don't was there i guess do you have any like uh closing thoughts on these episodes or anything else you want to bring up before we wrap up soon or no i don't have anything else to really say about these they were they were fun they they were a fun uh batch of episodes and again as i said they kind of brought more interest they bring more dragon ball lore that'll be important later to the table so they're definitely ones that I I mean obviously if you're watching a series you should watch all of the episodes <laughs> as much as Toei's making it very hard to watch Dragon Ball. <laughs> but yes, if you're watching this you should watch all of them. But these are episodes that are just kind of fun and I mean it is we are kind of getting to the point now where we're about to end the first arc which is inter- oh, yeah. which is interesting to think about since we're Basically, at the end of the first core, so Dragon Ball were running in 2020, it would end right here. <laughs> and then we'd probably have to wait another year for another season. Exactly. Maybe. If if we're, if we're lucky, they confirm a core two for like that the following like, uh, well, this is April already. So maybe we get core two in October. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to just think of it like this, this this whole thing is self-contained into this and then we'll be able to get to i don't want to call it the fun stuff as if this stuff hasn't been fun but then that's when dragon ball really gets into its own like no yeah becomes the series that it starts heading towards the path of being the path of power (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no i i thought these episodes were fine for the most part again i i definitely enjoyed episodes seven and eight more than i did nine but again that's not to say like any of them were bad i just uh again i i think episode nine out of out of the first like 13 episodes for 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 me is the one that like i probably revisit the least um but um you know actually we forgot to mention uh the very little pilaf stuff that we got at the very beginning oh right right yeah it it was it was definitely kind of a i i won't I don't remember is a filler scene or if this was in the manga no it's definitely a filler scene because it because it because it takes place after like they try to bomb their car or whatever uh and they're like slunking their way back to the base and uh my and she were just like uh b- basically uh are just like oh man he's gonna like chew us out like why can't he like treat us why can't he like you know tr- treat us well or whatever and feed us warm soup you know all that stuff um, and, and then basically the joke is, oh, they, when they when they get back to the castle to report to Pilaf, Pilaf says the things that like they want him to say, and he's like, ah, oh, psych, I didn't mean any of that, <laughs> and he just he grabs him and then uh, lightning strikes him or whatever. He, yeah, he like he he has the whole. I mean, it's old fashioned anime, but like, yeah, he, he, they come back and. You know, he has a machine that holds them up and then his roof opens up, the roof to his house opens up and they get struck by lightning. I mean, what I love about this scene is that, first of all, he's too lazy, like, it's a button under his table, so he just reaches up under his fork because he's eating as they're reporting to him. So he just reaches up under the table with his fork and pokes it, pokes the button, and then they get struck by lightning and he's, like, laughing at them while waving the hand with the fork in it. And then the lightning, like, you can hear rumbling, he's like, and you can see his face like, oh shit. And then he gets struck by (laughs) lightning too. Like it, 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 that's the most we get out of them. But it, it's definitely like a Team Rocket esque thing that I just I love about that. No, yeah. Um, again, the, the um, I don't think it's like the funniest Pilaf stuff we've gotten, but it's it was it was pretty good. It was pretty comical. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that was the last thing I wanted to mention. Uh, again. This this group of episodes was at the very least it was fine. Uh, I am looking forward to the next episode of the podcast uh, where we're going to be covering episodes ten to thirteen. So 
know, like we mentioned earlier, it's basically the last four episodes of this arc where, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of peel off, you know, these batch of episodes, but we're going to get a lot more next time. Trust me. Uh, and um, I won't say who right now because anything could change in between recordings, but uh, we're going to be having our first guest on. And uh, if, you, if you've been paying attention to the podcast, uh, we might have made reference to them before. Now you're going to have to go back and re-listen to those podcasts to figure no, it out. No, he's a pro tip. It is not Togashi. No, no, no. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if you guess Togashi, you'd be wrong. <laughs> and if you guess Toriyama, you'd be wrong, too. The, the, the guy is 66 years old at this point. He can't He can't be bothered to do a lot. We love you, Toriyama. Um, and, and we love you too, yes, Togashi. Yes, do. Boy, um, if we if we never bring up Togashi again on this podcast, it'd be too soon. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he he may never be a guest on the show, but he's definitely gonna be around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I this was a fun episode. Uh, I, uh, I, I I'm gonna give us a pat, uh, give ourselves a pat on the back and say we did a lot better this time than the last time we tried to record this. Yeah, Holy shit! We were, besides technical difficulties, <laughs> you were just all over the place. It, it it goes to show you the best way, to, the best podcasting you could do is the podcasting you do twice. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's not let's not make that a habit. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> man, um. But yeah, no, I guess I guess until next episode, um, Sakaki, uh, thank first off, th- thank you for being my friend. I just want to say that, and I love you, and I think uh, you're a great person. And uh, thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. Of course, and thank you for having me on. Like I- I'm sure um, a person with all the connections you have, you could probably have anybody you want on. But you chose me. I'm always <laughs> going to be so happy about that. And of course, I'm down whenever, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. I was kind of I was kind of waiting for you to also be like, hey, I, I think you're a great friend, too. And you didn't say that. And that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally I'm totally joking. I'm just I'm just I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you want me to say it? You're like you're like, if I ever get married, you're my best man. <laughs> there. <laughs> there. I put you above other friends. You're like the pin. Like, like if I if I propose, I want you to be there. <laughs> oh well, well, don't 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 put down your other friends to raise me up. That's not cool. <laughs> we have way too much fun on the show. <laughs> oh man. Um. But anyway. Uh. So yeah, I guess um, now is the point of the show where um. You can go ahead and plug your stuff and let the good people know where they can find you. Yes. Uh, well, it's really not Dragon Ball related at all. But if you like things that are not jump, then I've got the Twitter for you. That's at WSS Talkback on Twitter, which is Weekly Shogakugan Edition and WSSTalkback.blogspot.com, which is the blog for the said Twitter. Uh, there I talk about Shonen Sunday and... Um, Everything that comes along with Shonen Sunday, uh, it, basically, and oh yes, I, I, I'd be remiss not to mention this, but uh, this week there was an re- anniversary for Tamaki Wakaki's um, The World Only God Knows, and Colton <laughs> responded with, I did not know this ran on Sunday. That's what we go for. <laughs> that's what we. That's what that whole Twitter <laughs> is meant to do, is to educate people things that are in Sunday, currently in Sunday, or 
there are things that were in Sunday, and we talk about all of those things because Sunday, unfortunately, is the one magazine that doesn't quite get as much play as Upper Magazine in, well, anywhere, honestly. So, and always, I'm always willing, I always would like people to come in and, uh, if you have anything you want to talk about with Shonen Sunday, Sh- ShogakuCon related or Shonen Sunday related, you have an article you want to write or just, you know, you want to talk about Sunday stuff, please, by all means, come in, come on down. And we even have a podcast now for that called Sat Night Shoggy, which is Saturday Night Shoggy, where basically it's like an extension of the blog. I hate putting it that way because it makes it sound like I'm running it by myself. <laughs> but I'm definitely with my, you know, my podcasting gang, Marion and um, V-Lord. And we have a monthly ShogakuCon podcast where we talk about news, uh, ShogakuCon manga, and all of those things. In fact, we just did an episode, an episode just released. About uh, Kotoyama's Call of the Night or Yofukashi no Uta, depending on what part of the you're on. And we had our deletterer for said manga on, and it was a really fun episode just to talk about that manga, and you should give it a read. Uh, besides Saturday Night Shoggy, I'm also on Demon Slayer Podcast with V-Lord and Marion, as well as Oversoul. Also, I write for Toonami Faithful, and... I haven't written there for a while, so that's something I need to probably fix. And, oh, yes, I forgot my personal Twitter, at K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. There's really not a whole lot to talk about there, so you can follow it. Sure. I mean, all I have is my really bad takes about Jump Manga, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, those are the places you can find me, and I hope you'll give a visit, especially the WSS Talkback. You can ignore the rest, though. (laughs) I'm kidding. Yes, you can. You can ignore Demon Slayer podcast, Oversoul. <laughs> just you really just ignore all of Vlord's podcasts. Honestly, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, don't don't kill me, Vlord. <laughs> I don't. I don't want Vlord to come after me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, please follow all of uh, Sakaki stuff. I've been really enjoying Saturday Night Shaggy in particular. I still need to listen to that second episode. Um, but yeah, uh, just please go follow all of his stuff. Uh, I, I, I honestly wouldn't have Sakaki on if I, if I didn't like his stuff. So there's that. And, 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 and also if I wasn't already friends with him, I should say that too. Um, but yeah, I guess as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Uh, I also host and produce a, a few other podcasts besides this one, if you could believe it. Um, and you could find links to those p- other podcasts over at my personal blog at coltonquarter.wordpress.com. I have a whole page dedicated with links to whatever podcasts I'm doing, past and present. Uh, I, I may or may not have links to Another Day, Another Adventure, the old podcast there. I actually don't. I need to double check that. Maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, that sounds like something stupid I would do. Uh, bring up old podcasts that probably aren't very good anymore, but it's it's whatever. Um, but again, that's at coltoncorner.wordpress.com if you want to listen to uh, all my other podcasts such as Manga Mavericks or uh, One Podcast Prevails, a podcast I, I recorded about Detective Conan or Case Closed, whatever you want to call it. And I guess uh, as for where you could find this show, uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you're not following us on social media already, you, you should do that. I mean, I, I mean, I guess besides Twitter, we don't have like a ton of presence, but I mean, Twitter is like the place I hang out anyway, so it's fine. Like, you know, follow us on Twitter at another DB pod. That's where you could find uh, uh, the podcast and updates on what's going on with it. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, if you want to send us an email, you know, 
Email us about like your thoughts on Dragon Ball, your thoughts on these episodes in particular, or you know if you have any thoughts on any particular episodes that we haven't gotten to yet, and you want to like get ready for when we get to those and send us your thoughts. You know, we'll send us your thoughts on anything Dragon Ball related, and uh, we'll read them on the show. Uh, we would love to get some emails. We haven't gotten any yet, but uh, it'd be cool if you sent some, and we'll definitely read it on the show. That's at another dbpod at gmail.com. Uh, that's important there. Probably should say that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess besides that, uh, by the time you're listening to this uh, on our public feed, uh, you know, obviously we should be available on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts as well as like other podcast platforms. Uh, but especially on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you want to give us like a rating or a review or both, you know, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, any feedback for this show would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and it really like th- those things really help the visibility of our show in particular. And we really want to get this out to as many people as possible. So, you know, if you know somebody who loves Dragon Ball and could use some good Dragon Ball content, um, you know, send send us over, you know, let, let your friends know that you're listening to a really cool Dragon Ball podcast. Um, co- cool being the interchangeable <laughs> word, I guess. Um no, I don't want to put this down like yeah, that. Yeah, we're cool. really cool, man. I mean, we talk about Dragon Ball in 2021. That makes us the coolest people ever. Yeah, you could say we're we're lit, I guess. <laughs> you just, great, you just expertly dashed all of our cool <laughs> Oh, But anyway, um, pl- yeah, pl- please go ahead and, uh, you know, d- do all the stuff we've said and... Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, once again, we'll see you guys on our next episode when we cover episodes 10 through 13 with a special guest. And until next time, guys, we'll see you another day for another adventure. It's a mystery. And until then, we'll see you guys next time for another day. Or, hold on, let me try that again. And I guess until next time, uh, this has been another day, another adventure. Or, no, I fucked that up again. It's, we'll, we'll see you for another day on another adventure? No. Yes. That, that sounds no, good, no, was that, was that it? Yeah, I think so. We'll see you another day for another adventure. For yeah, yeah, adventure. that sounds good. Yeah, okay. there we go. Let me, let me, yeah. Okay, let me, let me do a clean one. <clears throat> And until next time, we'll see you guys on a... God damn it, I can't do it. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll do it. All right, until next time, everybody, we'll see you on for another... Di- oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> Look at you coming in here like, oh, let me do it. I can fucking do it. <laughs> Try to show me up. <laughs> okay, that's why you're not. <laughs> okay, let me... I'm... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna listen back to a previous episode and be like, oh that's how I fucking did it. Okay. I hate this. Okay, let me let me try one more time. <clears throat> Alright, but until next episode. No. No, I can't. God, what is wrong with me tonight? I don't know. It's just, we're gonna we're gonna stay until we get this right. Alright, let's do this. Until the next episode, <laughs> we'll see you on another day. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Uh. Um, take 50. Um, and until next time, guys, we'll see you another day for another adventure. Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck. We are keeping all of that. We- <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Let's let's just do. It. That was ba- that was bad. I need to do better. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to quit recording.